I think it's fair to say that the last hundred years have been a pretty big uh, century for literature, from Truman Capote, of Mice and Men, to J.K. Rowling and countless other names, and of course, Roald Dahl. A hundred years since his birth, the Wheeler Centre held a retrospective look and forum at Roald Dahl and his work, the Athenaeum Theatre, on the 7th of July, and Christian and I attended. What did you think, Christian? Oh, I I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I I thought it was um, amazing to look back as a as an adult um, mm. and to get sort of that other appreciation, like a um, to have a sort of a rereading of it because reading as a child is you know uh, you get one experience, but looking back back on it as a grown up, I guess um, the unconscious things kind of bubble up to the surface mm. of the of the conscious, and you maybe realize um, as some of the panelists did uh, just how much of an impact it actually had on their lives without really, really realising. Mm. So, um, yeah, shall we go through uh, who was on the panel? Certainly, yes. It was emceed uh, by Michael Williams, who was the head of the Wheeler Centre. Um, the, his guests were uh, Jess McGuire, who is a radio personality and media figure, and Last-minute um, replacement as well. Yes, uh, yes, yes that's right. Um, yeah. Called in that afternoon because uh, Benjamin Law was supposed to be on it, but uh, his plane couldn't be there. So she did a great job, especially considering mm, she mm. was uh, only told that afternoon. Yeah, there was also Anne Burke, a uh, uh, former, yeah. former House of Representatives speaker um, and politician. Um, Katie McLennan, who is a well-known uh, figure in the comedy scene with her show, uh, The Catering Show, uh, and also Andy Griffiths, you know, the extremely well-known kids author, and finally, Tim Rogers, mm. um, also quite a well-known sort of author and literary figure. So all of these panelists uh, chose a, a book that um uh, one of Roald Dahl's books that they, I I, I guess was their personal favourite. Uh, they read a passage out of it very well. I thought all of them did mm, um, mm, mm. D- during the dramatic readings. Um, especially I know Tim Rogers said he didn't know that much about Roald Dahl, but his reading of the Trits was so so wonderfully mm. theatrical, and the way he did the voices and. Yeah, um, and also uh, Jess Maguire, especially considering she was born at the last minute, I think did an excellent job reading from The Witches. Um, there was actually quite a, an interesting thing, picking up all the different things out of the reading, because I, you sort of don't generally hear many readings of Roald Dahl. Mostly people sort of watch it or watch the uh, read it or watch the film. So to actually hear it spoken was a bit of a, a rarity, and I, I think it gave a different perspective, doesn't it? You know, it's sort of I think it's like Shakespeare or any any other sort of literary giant. Whose whose work is so much based around the language, hearing it read by these different people did give it a different perspective. You know, I mean, like you were saying, Jess McGuire put her very Germanic sort of. She really emphasised the accents. Tim Rogers uh, emphasised the grotesqueness of the twits. You know, mm. and 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 just going back to that list, it, it's an interesting because it, you know, out of all these, out of all these, you know, six people, only two of them are actually authors. You've got a comedian there. You've got a politician. Um, mm. What do you think of that? Do you think that do you think that allowed it for uh, different perspectives, or made it a bit more confusing, perhaps? Oh no, I I think well, well given the given the book that she chose, which was the BFG. Mm, mm. Um, so she read out of that. She read one of those one of those parts where um the BFG basically talks about how he was self taught to read and write to speak, mm. and and that's why um you know the words sort of come out. Uh, like he means to say one thing, and then it comes out another way. Um. And uh, it's Lucy, I believe. Um, mm. The little girl in that story keeps correcting him. And Anna Burke said that she, 
she said that she was dyslexic and that that's why she could really relate to the BFG, mm. um, meaning to say one thing, coming out wrong, constantly being corrected, constantly being judged, uh, especially in the Australian Parliament. You know, mm. she'd be getting people's names wrong, and then um, rather than actually you know judging her, um, kind of assessing her based on the content of what she was saying, people would just dismiss her, um, kind of the straw man way of going, oh, you got mm. someone's name wrong, you must be dumb. Um, this whole uh, the whole intelligence, um, it's so important to be taken seriously. You have to speak in a certain, you know, you have to get the words right. Definitely. I must say the one thing that did disappoint me a bit was the choice of books. I mean, there was no Danny Champion of the World, there was no uh, James and the Giant Peach, and there was no Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I, I, I think that the sort of, I guess all the authors chose their own favourite books, so it sort of depended on that. It, it wasn't a lacking experience because it didn't have that. They still brought out the best in each book they read. But it was a bit strange because I think they're probably his three most uh, well-known books. I think a lot of the audience would have been going to see, you know, to hear about that. And not they didn't mention much of his adult stuff or his his his, uh, his rhymes. There was a fantastic bit by Katie Bonetto at the end where he he put... Revolting rhymes. Revolting oh, rhymes yes, to, um, um, of... Red, Red Riding Hood. Yeah, yeah, the Red Riding Hood. Yeah, the climax of the Red Riding Hood um, when Red Riding Hood meets the wolf. Yeah, mm. turn that into a rock song, which was uh, which I thought was amazing. I mm. thought that was that was such a great way to pay tribute to Rob Dahl. I really enjoyed that performance. Yeah. However, still, just by choosing only these five books, which all have similar themes as well, it sort of I, I somewhat felt that they were limiting themselves a bit. Certainly, the material they didn't. Apart from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate F- uh, Factory, there wasn't a great sense of his psychedelic books. But but psychedelic. Oh, oh well, yeah. I guess um, James of the Giant Peach is, mm. is very much very fantastical and very surreal. Mm. Um, Danny, Danny, the Champion of the World. Yeah, well, that one hasn't had. Well, it hasn't been made into a film for one thing. Mm. Um, because yeah, you look. Well, I know the Twits hasn't been made into a film either. But you look at you know the what did they choose? The Witches, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the BFG. Oh, and Matilda. Mm. Um, so. All these other ones are sort of more well-known. Matilda's a musical as well now. So mm. um, they've been kind of dabbed into other mediums. I mean, I know Danny, the champion of the world, there was a film made out of that, which I haven't seen, but I don't think that got very much attention. No. Um, but yeah, what, one maybe one thing I that maybe the only thing that kind of graded against me about this, uh, this particular event um, was I know Michael Williams... You know, he was saying, "Okay, we're looking at, um, we're looking at the books. We're not, you know, necessarily talking about the films." Mm. Um, but made an exception for Willy Wonka and mm. the Chocolate mm. Factory, um, I guess, because you know most people saw that film before they read the book. Mm. Um, but you know, he was it was a bit gratuitous to say, "Oh, yes, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not that horrible Tim Burton <laughs> version." Yeah. Um, you know, saying, "Oh, yes," and you know, t- talking about all oh, the witches film, you know how that ruined the ending and Roald Dahl walked out of that and hated it and, yeah. oh, yes. Roald Dahl actually also walked out of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory hating that film, which no one sort of seems to care about. So I guess, like, the main point is whatever your entry point is sort of becomes kind of the most, uh, like, whichever one you see first is mm. the most important one to you. So, mm. you know, if you watch the film, if you read the book, then see the film, um, then you're thinking, oh, how you know, how dare this movie change things about the book? Mm. Um, whereas if you see the movie and then read the book, you're kind of, oh, okay, this isn't the book and the movie are different. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree, actually. They did seem to sort of talk a lot more about the film and compare it back mm. to it. And the other thing that disappointed me was that there wasn't more talking about Dahl's biographical life. And I know oh. that they said at the start that wasn't going to be such a strong element, but I was sort of hoping, because he's such a fascinating character, there's, he's such an enigma um, and you hear so many stories, often horror stories, about him 
what it's like to work with him. Um, people, you know, letters and publishers saying that he was going to, you know, they were going to end their, their contract and all these. They've really built him up as as the author, a quite a, a folk, a villain himself in writing because he was such, such a strong personality. And yet they didn't really talk about that. They did, They talked a lot about his books. They occasionally mentioned events in his life, which was enlightening. But uh, perhaps just one other thing I would have would have perhaps liked more from this event was just to to have heard a little bit more about the background of his life. But oh, I guess. But um, but I thought it was still you know very intellectual the way they were talking about um mm. about mm. the books and about what it uh what what kind of messages it's it's sending out and how they're often different messages across different books. Like mm. you know they talked about how obviously misogynistic the witches really mm. is. Um, mm. you know saying any woman can be a witch. Mm. Um, even your school teacher it says in the book. Um, whereas you go across to that to Matilda and and Matilda and and the friends of Matilda. Um, Kate McLennan was saying was. Uh, she only realized later in life how much of a role model they mm. were to her. Mm. Um, you know, to be, you know, to be to be smart, to be intelligent. Um, you know, not just to be focused on being pretty all the time, but you know, to to be kind and gentle yeah. and and to want to and to look out for your friends. Yeah. Um, you know, as as opposed to I, I guess a sort of bitchiness that usually comes up when you know mm. male authors write about female characters in a school context. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It did sort of delve into those controversies nicely, which was one element they discussed. Um, and they did show some sort of excerpts and letters and things, but it, yeah, it was certainly it was certainly well handled. And just one final point I would like to make is that Michael Williams did an astoundingly good job of emceeing it. He oh, yes. seemed to, I mean, particularly his position is not necessarily one as a public figure. I mean, he's really just the manager of the Wheeler Centre, and so he could very reasonably just sort of try and take a backseat role. But he he does get his face out there, and he does um, do speeches, and that, and he's a fantastic orator himself. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it was it was a, it was a very tight, um, focused, so, yeah, sort of mm. event. You really got to. Um, I know it's it's so hard to condense his whole career into just five books, but mm. I think you did really get a sense of um, of you know, what what but uh, what uh, why Roald Dahl is so popular and the range of uh, of, of mm. his stories, and you know they went to the dark places um, with the witches, but also talked about. How you know kind the BFG was, for example, how much mm. of a range he really had. So it's you know it's very hard to pin down as mm. oh you can't you can't just say oh Roald Dahl he's that author who's writes disgusting stuff or yeah. you know he's that author who <laughs> who hates Germans and women. It's yeah um it's 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 much more he's mm. um it's a very extraordinary body of work very varied. What did you think of the um, venue and the audience? Just quickly to, to finish up, did you did you think the Athenaeum worked well as a place to, to perform it? Now getting around to the real nitpicking. Um... Oh, oh, the nitty gritty. Uh, well, I, I think it was certainly big enough. That mm. was basically what it had to be because it was such a popular event. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, I, th- I think it was. It, it it felt pretty in intimate enough, I would mm. say. Um, and also good to see children in the crowd. Mm. I felt really as well. No, in conclusion, this is a terrific event. I, I highly enjoyed it. I thought. Um, I thought, but certainly probably the people that the spoke the best, in my opinion, were definitely Jess McGuire and and Tim Rogers. And I was also really impressed with some of the things that they all said. But Kate mm. McLennan, I think, had a really interesting and unique uh, perspective. And all in all, I do think it was a it was a it was a fitting and and justified tribute to to Roald Dahl. But thank you very much. Um, You've been with myself, Christian. And myself, Andrew. (laughs) um, On Artsmitten today. And yeah, definitely keep an eye out for future Wheeler Centre, Roald Dahl, um, yeah, Resurgence's events.